1: Offer valid on select AK systems through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.
2: Let's get your flex on. Here's Dan Beyer and Mike Harmon.
3: Our final preseason edition of I Want Your Flex, and this is going to be my favorite Mike of our shows. Get Mike Harmon on Twitter at Swollen Dome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox because we're going to do a draft, but we're not going to do a draft like normal teams would or leagues would. You, me, and our executive producer, Lee Delap, are going to just draft the top 40 players that we feel there are in fantasy football. PPR scoring, we will use that table mic, but it will give you an idea of if you're picking in certain spots in a draft over the next week of uh, just uh, some of the names you're going to want to look out for. The, our top 40 guys that we feel that you can draft or take in our in your fantasy football draft in this next week or so before the regular season finally starts.
4: Yeah, big final draft weekend as we get to the Labor Day holiday. Uh, College football on and in living color. Five straight days of goodness and gluttony to be had, uh, which is fantastic. So, uh, celebrate uh, unless you're a Spartan fan then no celebrating. Uh, Win, lose, or draw. I just can't like you this week. Uh, (laughs) But uh, beyond that, uh, yeah, 40 40 names, 40 players. Uh, There's been some juxtaposition right because we've had injuries here in the preseason maybe there's a couple of guys in their squads you're not feeling as much love for or maybe you now have just full out hate because of some injuries that have affected some of your early drafting we're here to get you through uh, a couple of surprise names i'm sure will make the list but a fun exercise to go through uh and maybe just some rea- reassurement Right, uh, reassurance—I should say—instead of creating new words, reassurance uh, of what you've done already and the work you've done. You know, because I'll be like one of those, uh, what AI draft grade kind of things that (laughs) gives you the same. things spit out regardless of your league settings or anything else
3: I I, uh, I that was the thing that I we, we did a league and look I'll be honest one of the leagues that we do is through ESPN and they have their like immediate analysis of like right after the draft is done on who does what and who is where and you know somebody moved from like eighth to tenth because we had to swap something with their roster but people people look at that they care about it it may be a absurd and ridiculous to let those things judge on how your fantasy uh, league is going to or your fantasy season is going to turn out but people do take note and I want to start not with the top 40 rankings we'll get to that but I just want to start with something that I think is very important we appreciate you listening to our fantasy podcast we really do honestly the way that we do it We just try to give you as much information as possible. Like, we put Mike through the ringer on our episodes that launch Friday morning because he's giving us rankings, he's giving us guys that are going to, you know... do well, guys that aren't going to do well. It's just names and info and info and info. We're not going to try to dress it up too much and and try to make crazy segments. We try to give you as much information as we can. But I've come to the the conclusion, Mike, that when it's when it comes to fantasy football and fantasy sports in general, there is such a thing as too much fantasy. And I'm not talking about entering leagues. I'm just talking about information. And the, w- w- the point that I'm trying to make is there's only so much that you can take in. You can talk yourself in and you can talk yourself out of moves all the time. At some point, you just kind of got to stop. And that's actually why we appreciate you listening because you're taking time to listen to our show, Mike. But I saw an article, and I'm not going to tell you where it's from, but I saw an article that said. If you pick at these certain spots, this is who you should plan on drafting. And I just thought about that. Not only as a fantasy player, but as we do this show here, and it just the whole point of it is to try to set you up. If you pick tenth, or if you pick twelfth in a twelve uh, player league, and to have guys that that you should target. Well, what about if you're in a league where like nobody took Alvin Kamara for the first seven picks? And they're telling you at number eight, you should pick Devontae Adams, just hypothetically. it's misinformation. Like most leagues, yeah, Alvarez is probably going to be gone, and maybe if Devonte Adams fell to you at that spot, you would want to take Devonte Adams. But you can't cover every single scenario, and that's the problem I feel sometimes with fantasy information is there's just too many crazy scenarios, and some people maybe led astray one way. I believe that there is such a thing as too much fantasy.
4: Yeah, I think there's the the potential, and especially when it's data points without. A lot of explanation right because over the course of the year you're going to hear a lot about these guys great out here it's like you have no idea what those metrics mean you're just looking at the rankings so like in an article i haven't read it but i did see the headline so i know that of which speak at least from a a conceptual standpoint you know people are going to whatever your preamble is and however you set it up explaining your methodology and how to read the chart that follows it's like reading instructions to building one of your kids' toys. You put it to the side going, damn it, I got a hammer. I got a, a full six-pack. I'm ready to go, man. I don't need your, you know, or you building a piece of IKEA furniture. I got my Allen wrench. Let's go. And then you realize, yeah, I probably should have kept that piece of paper and made sure I kept the English side, unless, unless, hey, you're fluent in, in Swedish. Uh, but it, it's the same thing with a lot of these articles, you know, devoid of an explanation of where those data points, numbers, and the algorithm, not that they're going to lay it all out, but just to give you a better sense of how a cornerback gets graded, how an offensive line gets graded, or... When you're separating in tiers, why one guy's better than another, right? Mm-hmm. And what's the tiebreaker? That's really the end sure. game. Right? If you're putting them in tiers, what's the tiebreaker? You don't like the quarterback, you don't like the offensive line, you don't like the skill position players, you think the defense is gonna be soft, and that's why you decided to raise this quarterback up. That's what we need to break down. And that's what we'll do each week as we go through trying to go through the deficiencies and the opportunities that go. But yes, the more Columns you read, you're going to find conflicting information. And also, again, there, there's no. It's like trading card graders. Like we've talked about Off Air a bunch, right? That's what I do. You know, one of my side hobbies, I've been a collector and. Investor and flipper, or whatever you want to call it, since I was like 10 years old. And you got grading companies that, you know, they they do the evaluation and decide, you know, here's the, the good, the bad, the ugly aspects of a card. There's a crease, there's a clean corner, there's a nice shine that, you know, there's no scratches, whatever else you know that gets graded and now it's it's a lot but there's multiple grading companies that are going to look at things differently that are going to use some ai to help along the way all of those likewise these grading services you got people with different eyes and different like yes a, a yard gain is a yard gain but when you're trying to go through an evaluation of what helped make a play work beauty's in the eye of the beholder Mm-hmm. or the detriment, right, when a quarterback takes a sack. And this is, you know, like, take Joe Burrow and company last year. A lot of hits, a lot of sacks, and so what happens? Immediately is like, wow, that offensive line's terrible. And they may very well be, but that doesn't mean there's not some percentage of those sacks that are on Joe Burrow's fault for not getting through a read. Case yeah. in point, right? Preseason, the Bears' offensive line, I believe, as a Chicago kid and it followed the team, uh, that offensive line is going to be uh, potentially bottom three in the national football league and there was a play where justin fields got absolutely rocked and what did you see in social media and if you heard, listen to the pundits it's like wow that offensive line's going to get him killed it's like no no the rest of the the game i would agree there were a number of parts where they just had absolute breakdowns that was justin fields didn't look to his right to establish that someone was creeping up to blitz from that side and was coming in uncovered That's the quarterback problem. Mm -hmm. But in any kind of grading scenario, unless they do the long-winded explanation like me, you know, again, it's in the eye of the beholder as to why they upgraded or downgraded somebody. So that's the thing in terms of picking your fantasy information. Uh, Try to get the methodology to the madness as well.
3: Yeah, I would would just feel bad if I told somebody to draft Keenan Allen and Stephon Diggs was still there. Yeah, no, absolutely. and likely, that's probably not the case. But I think that there are other areas. And that's, you know, sometimes, too, it's why you don't want to draft for names. You kind of just want to draft for, you know, who's there in that group and have that guy drop to you. It's actually why. I love cheat sheets and cheat sheets aren't everything to your point of like, you know, what separates you in tears. You're not seeing that on a cheat sheet, but it's why I like cheat sheets. It's why I like rankings when it comes to um, really making the decisions. And sometimes I just think that there is there is way too much out there. Uh, That, again, you can talk yourself into out and, and, and back into something. But sometimes that information doesn't really serve you best. And so that's why I appreciate you guys listening and why I appreciate Mike and how we do this show is because it's just supposed to be straight information. Here's who we like. Here's who we don't like. You guys make your decision and roll with it. And again, the ultimate the ultimate decision is on you, the fantasy player. Don't let a rankings or somebody on TV or this podcast, you know, push you over the edge to make a player or to play a player. Take what you have all heard and make the decision yourself, because that's the that's the best part about fantasies. When you make the right decision and hit on it, that's that's my advice. And it's always been my advice on this podcast. Yeah.
4: And if it goes badly, you can blame me. I'm good. Just <laughs> make sure at again. Swollen Dome, because like you loved or hated. I want you listening. I want you telling your friends. Okay, Uh, we're going to hit a lot, a lot of things, game picks and whatever else. We'll we'll do some greatness uh, and there's going to be a lot of positivity. But, yeah, occasionally something's going to go wrong. And what we can do is try to put in the best narrative we can based on what we've seen. And that's the thing that I think also separates us a bit, Dan, as to how we do this, is we actually watch the games.
3: Yes, yes. For and, better or uh, for
4: worse. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Sometimes definitely for worse. And by the way, I've got about nine Allen wrenches in the uh, the old shelf where, keep, where I keep some of the small tools and stuff like that. About nine different Allen wrenches. Why? I have no idea, but for some reason, I think that I'm going to need uh, nine different ones. And there's never been a piece of furniture that I didn't put together that I messed something up. True story. I'll I'll just uh, wrap up this and then we'll get to the top 40. When I had to put together the crib for our newborn, the first thing I did is I took everything out of the box, Mike, but took the, 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 the legs took the you know what would be like the backboard of the of the crib and then it had the mattress spring and it had an envelope zip tied to it so the first thing that i did was i cut that zip tie off of that uh the mattress thing so i could read the directions of how to put it together the first line on the on the envelope says do not separate this from the mattress spring immediately i immediately messed up what i was going to do that is my life in putting furniture together in a nutshell all right let's get to this oh by by the way uh jk dobbins uh, out for oh. the year you loved him in the running back stuff are we gonna hear gus edwards in this top 40 or are we not ready to put him there uh quite yet oh i'm all in Okay. All
4: in. but here here's the thing, and, and here's for anybody you know out there, uh, peace and love. If you did go down the J.K. Dobbins highway, I had inkling, and I'd gotten it confirmed. Uh, Jason Lockenfora on with Jason Smith and I on the network on on Monday night, but about two weeks ago, I, I'd had some whispers, and I I'd do some regular work in Baltimore where they they were talking about how he was going to be used. And we were going to be looking at a guy who was going to be lining up a bit as a slot guy and out in space in addition to his running workload. So the potential for one of those ceilings, especially when you've got a very uncertain and unproven wide receiving core, he was going to be a very big asset to them. Yes. So, you know, Boykin and, and Bateman are both starting, you know, uh, coming off injuries. So they're out. You got Sammy Watkins and you got Hollywood Brown and then Mark Andrews for as long as you've got Mark Andrews, right? So uh, assuming he can stay healthy. So, yeah, it's going to be a healthy amount of Gus. So we'll, we'll hear his name a little bit later, I'm sure. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
1: Call 1-800-GAMBLER.
3: All right. It is now my opportunity to bring in the executive producer of the show. We haven't heard from him yet this season. We heard from him last season. Lee DeLapp will be the third member of this 40-pick draft PPR scoring of the top players in fantasy this season. Lee, are you ready to count him down from one down to 40?
6: Absolutely, you guys. Nothing like the first guy in your draft using up the clock and uh, trying to get
3: cute. <laughs> I'm not going to get cute on you guys today. Well, well, I'll, I'll, I'll say this. First of all, I think I called it a countdown. When really, I guess it's a count up if we're starting at one. So I, I totally, totally messed that up. But the, the order that we're going to do this is Lee, our executive producer, is going to have the first pick. Mike's going to have the second pick. And I'm going to have the third pick. We're not going to snake this. We're not going to go back and forth. That's just going to be the order all the way through. And we're not filling out a roster. Mike's not going to say, I haven't taken a quarterback yet, so I better take a quarterback because, again – the, the league that you're in may be different to the league that uh, another guy that you work with is in. So we just want to give you the top 40 players who we think should be drafted and if they were available in a draft, regardless if you have a quarterback or running back, and then this can help you make the decisions that you need in drafting your guys. Easy enough, fellas? Locked and loaded.
5: Ready All right,
3: go. Lee, you are on the clock. Analysis will be given after each pick. But uh, Lee, then Mike, then me, and that's how we'll do it for the next 13-plus rounds. Lee, you're up.
6: All right, with the first overall pick, again, not to get cute, you guys, it's uh, it's easy as Christian McCaffrey. He's gonna catch your cat. Uh, he's gonna bring you a lot of uh, a lot of catches in a PPR league. It's all about maximizing the opportunity. Christian McCaffrey. Hopefully, they don't get cute in Carolina. They keep him uh, rolling. It's a number one pick easy enough. McCaffrey
4: uh, with Sam Darnold and that offensive line. A lot of hot routes uh, and getting the ball out fast, I would suspect. Uh, Number two for me, I'm going uh, as much as i'm fearful of what happens in that locker room at some point and i'm not getting all deep into the kirk cousins stuff but it's there it is a presence in that locker room but dalvin cook is a monster and when we're looking at ppr more opportunities uh and not overloaded on one or two performances like some other running backs at the top of your board so let's go dalvin cook
3: I, I honestly haven't seen, I think, any ranking or cheat sheet like I talked about that didn't have these top two guys. And and I mm-hmm. think that the, the discussion and the debate ends up starting at number three. So you guys can rip apart who I'm about to take. Let's go. But But the guy that I'm going to take at number three, I think, is aided by the quarterback decision made in that city and that team. And that's Alvin Kamara. And if Taysom Hill would have won that job, I think it would have been very, very detrimental to Alvin Kamara. We saw what happened last year when they ran the Taysom Hill type of offense. We all figured Jameis Winston was likely going to be the guy. I actually think there's going to be more opportunities for Kamara. So I'm taking Alvin Kamara at number three.
6: And I agree with you. Actually, in all my rankings, I have Kamara as my number three guy. So, it really, in the, in the few uh, leagues I'm in where I have had the pick at number four, I've, I've been torn between whether it would be a wide receiver or one of these top tier running backs. And I'm going to keep it with the top tier running backs here. I'm actually going to go with Derrick Henry. He's proven it two seasons in a row now. I'm going to go with the hot hand. I don't care how old he is. Uh, I'm going Derrick Henry, RB4. I dig it. Mm. Just stick uh, steady and
4: reliable. Look, you got a good offense around him. Uh, Tannehill, a 4,000-yard pass. You bring in Julio Jones. So you have some balance. And, yeah, there's always the, the concern of the cliff, but we haven't seen any uh, – Any sign that that's approaching uh, just yet for Derrick Henry, based on his utilization early in his career. Uh, Coming in at number 5, I think this is where we may zag a little bit. And this is, for me, I'm the outlier in our sporting universe in the fantasy realm, is my number 1 wide receiver is Stephon Diggs. And I'm Mm -hmm. looking, and, and there's a couple of running backs that I still like but I'm also still looking at opportunities. And in that Buffalo offense, I'm looking at targets. The touchdowns are going to vary, but when I'm looking at 10 to 12 targets a week, that's where I stay. Whether it's Josh Allen or, dare I say it, the need for Mitchell Trubisky.
3: <laughs> I, I'll i say this about uh, the Bills and Stephon Diggs. In, in the Josh Allen game against uh, Green Bay, they sure made it known that they were going to be throwing it around the lot again. Like, like there was, there was no hiding that whatsoever. The uh, the sixth pick comes up to me, and we've got CMC, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derek Henry, Stephon Diggs. Your top five. I would have. I really would have because I like to take running backs. I like to take running backs on winning teams. If Nick Chubb would have done anything with receiving, but he only had. 16 catches last season. There's no way that I can put him up that high in a PPR league. So I'm going to go Travis Kelsey. I'm going to go with the Chiefs tight end because of the position, because of what he provides. I will take Travis Kelsey at number six and be very happy with it.
6: I was very bullish on Kelsey in my pick in my uh, drafts as well this season, especially one where it had a two tight ends, uh, two flexes that were also wide receiver, running back, and tight end. I wanted that advantage, so I do love that pick. Uh, we just talked about it. Running backs who catch the ball out of the backfield, no Chubb. and i uh, I would love to reach for Eckler, but I I can't let Ezekiel Elliott drop that far, so I got to go Zeke with the seventh pick still active in the passing game and
4: the question here offensive line should be better uh i just wonder in terms of the defense if quinn and the arrival of parsons and some of those parts uh if they're better what does it do to the offense which should be more ezekiel elliott as a runner so it should be a win in that regard for the cowboys here's the problem I'm not sure Dak is getting me very far into this season. That's Mm -hmm. my fear with going for Ezekiel Elliott or any of the Cowboys receivers. Like In the best of scenarios, there's a lot of value for C.D. Lamb and for Amari Cooper. And even maybe for Blake Jarwin coming back off injury, deep sleeper, Michael Gallup, whatever. And obviously for Eckler. Not Eckler. Sorry, because I'm going to pick him next. Uh, But for Elliott. (laughs) But if... But if he goes down, if Dak goes down, you know, and they say they're, quote, happy with their quarterback room, really? You're happy with your quarterback room? Picking up Will Greer is going to make that quarterback room whole if Dak goes down? This offense could—I mean, Andy Dalton, as much as people may not have liked him, he at least had a guy who had his chops who is a—you know, you know what he, he is. He's Andy Dalton, mm-hmm. right? As I know, QB1 in Chicago. But— Ben DiNucci and, and all these other guys that would potentially step up in into the plate, you know, Cooper Rush and all. Uh, no, uh, I, I don't know that I, I want to be, and I'm not bashing Lee. I'm just analyzing Ezekiel Elliott as a sure. guy because I've seen him as high as number three in a bunch of, you know, rankings across the industry. And I'm like, hold on a second. How do you bypass, you know, Alvin Kamara? How do you, how do you look past even if you think Derrick Henry is finding that clip? Uh, Anyway, I'm going for Austin Eckler, and I'm praying that he holds up. (laughs) Better offensive (laughs) line. Yeah. Right? Lindsley comes in. You got Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. Going to be curious, right, because he didn't play last year. But by all accounts, a beast. We know the wide receivers. uh, and, And Justin Herbert, what a fantastic year. And Austin Eckler is now invested as he is a fantasy analyst uh as well so yeah giving away uh, yeah. jerseys right yeah kind of a big deal uh as it were look undrafted guy now uh going number eight in our draft here
3: the, the only tricky thing i think about eckler is is if he does have that great season there's not the see i took austin eckler because now we just expect it from him and yeah. i expect to, to your your points about their improvements and their concerted effort to improve that offensive line if he stays healthy it should be there for him uh eckler Elliot, uh, double E's. I don't think that there's anybody that I can go to continue it. So I'm going to go with a different foul. I'm going to go A. Devante Adams, I, the top receiver in the National Football League in my mind last season. NFL players seem to agree with that. Stats-wise, numbers off the charts didn't play a full season. And even if you have some regression from that, I still think that puts Devontae Adams in the top five of NFL wide receivers. So I will happily take him at number nine.
4: Yeah, we'll have the Packer fan recuse himself from gushing
3: all over. <laughs> <laughs> Lee would say, great pick. great really pick." Good. I was Inspired wishing the 10.
6: It's a great pick, absolutely great pick, <laughs> and uh, I'm only happy that Tyreek Hill is still there, a top tier wide receiver, top three, well, top three of the wide receivers, right there. Now that we're through, what I think is the top tier of the running backs, uh, so I got to grab who I know is going to give me a consistent floor, high floor every week, uh, and who could win you week to week, uh, any mm-hmm. given, you know, any given That's week. Sure. This is a player mm-hmm. just like Devonte Adams or Stephon Diggs when they hit it.
3: They could win you that week. His so I quarter last year against the Buccaneers one week. Yeah, you know that first quarter that he had <laughs> no, that no, one the
4: explosiveness. Week. If that offensive line is together, and they've got some injury uh, issues going into Week One, so the curiosity, and we all we've talked about Clyde edwards Hilaire a lot on this show, but balance and, and Patrick Mahomes is is a wizard. So yeah, you're you're looking at production mm-hmm. um, at number eleven. Uh, I. I'm tempted to go wide out because I think there are still just a couple more elite guys here. Uh, But I'm going to go running back, and I'm going to go back to the Packers uh, because I don't think they're coming for his job just yet. Aaron Jones was re-signed with purpose. So I I think for the Packers this year, as much as you may see a little more of A.J. Dillon— He's not seeding this job altogether. I was bullish on him a couple of years ago. He's proven me right. Uh, I'll continue to back him and, and put my bets down that another big year is in the offing.
3: Well, there, there are a couple of guys that I really love. Nick Chubb is actually still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a PPR league again, and I actually think that the numbers that – this guy is going to put up would rival what uh, a a Nick Chubb could put up because I think Calvin Ridley is going to have an amazing year with the Atlanta Damn you! I don't know if the Falcons are going to be amazing, but I just think that everything sets up for him where they're probably not going to be that good. He's now the number one guy. There is a rapport with Matt Ryan. And, yeah, there's a new coaching staff, but still you go back to the guy that you know – and I, I just think it's there. I don't think that you can make a season on garbage time, but I do think that you can make a season when your team is trailing, and that's the type of game that you you know play. And so I am high on Calvin Ridley this season in a PPR league. I, uh, I, I think that his numbers will rival those of a Nick Chubb or another guy like Jonathan Taylor, who I've got thoughts on if we pick him later in this draft. Well,
4: Ridley is uh, my number two wide receiver. On mm-hmm. my board. And you know, I'm not a huge Matt Ryan guy. Uh, no. Like, because the ceiling is what it is, but he's still going to throw yeah. 4,000 yards. So, where are they going to find him? Right there.
3: All right, Lee, you're up with unlucky number 13.
6: That is unlucky number 13, because Dan, I would have taken Ridley, because those are the top 12 players that I feel really good about. I wouldn't be upset about any one of those guys on my team. This is when I start. Having a little bit of a question mark on every single guy, even if it's somebody as good as Nick Chubb, who you let slip to me, I'm going to take Nick Chubb. Uh, he he just keeps it churning. It's a good running back to have on your team, of course, especially if it's your number no. two guy. So, or in this case, for me, my number no. three guy. Um, I could have gone either way. I could have talked myself into a wide receiver, or even a the tight end here. Um, uh, ooh, interesting. That's just college, okay. Which would have been a reach, but I'm going to go with Nick Chubb because I just like him a little bit more than uh, the next guy on the running back tier. See, I
4: go with my uh, next guy on my running back board, who is number seven in my running backs, and that's Antonio Gibson. He qualifies on the short list of Harmon Man crushes. I may actually. I bought this machine that you can now like scan tattoos on your arm i think i may put one of antonio gibson for week one
3: <laughs> i like him a lot too i i i do I, I like i like washington to win that division not that that's going out on a limb a lot of people are picking that but i think that there's more there i actually i, I like gibson there. As i look at those possible trio of running backs that i could add to by taking a jonathan taylor i am not going to just yet i am going to take deandre hopkins in arizona for the same exact reason that i took calvin ridley three picks ago because i don't think they're going to be very good i think that their offense is obviously suited to throw the football and He's number one target of Kyler Murray. Like that is it it, it all adds up there. And it's just something that I can't bypass at this point. DeAndre Hopkins, one of the better rod receivers, despite how critical I have been over his placing on the top 100 list. He shouldn't Mm -hmm. be eighth if Devontae Adams is sixth. I'm sorry. But in this case, DeAndre Hopkins is going to be 15 in our top 40 players of fantasy for this season.
6: Now, sometimes it is a mistake to look at where they placed last year. But when I look at the PPR last year, I just teased this, and it's a reason I I talked about with Kelsey. I like Darren Waller here. He has a a ceiling that's as high as some of these top-tier wide receivers. In fact, in my PPR league, he followed just behind Calvin Ridley and DeAndre Hopkins. So, again, for that you know positional advantage that could help you throughout the length of your season – Um, I don't necessarily like him more than some of the guys that are there, but when you have an opportunity for uh, a tight end that catches over 100 uh, receptions a season, i got to go with it. I'm going Darren Waller. Nicely done. Uh, I'm
4: a big fan of his. Not a huge fan of Derek Carr. I think he's blocked me. Actually, I think his whole family's blocked me on Twitter for just being critical. You know, when you throw the ball out of bounds and out of the end zone on a fourth down play, you lose uh, in my book. Uh, Look, and, and the second half swoons are always there. But when you talk about the target count there especially the way car quarterbacks the position right a lot of work to the backs and obviously waller with a massive target count uh as even if you draft for speed if the guy doesn't want to throw it there with regularity it doesn't quite matter now does it uh next on the board i i go back to the wide receiver well and a guy i have as my number five wide receiver a j brown I love that offense. A little controversial, maybe a little higher than most would. Uh, There's one running back that's still sitting there that uh, all three of us uh, evidently aren't very big fans of uh, in his return to the field. So we go to A.J. Brown. And, uh, look, I I talked about Tannehill before. I I really think this offense is curious. And the defense – I don't know what they are, right? This is one that you, in the past it's been stout. You know the identity of the squad, and even though they made a couple of pickups to the linebacker core, I, I think there's going to be some issues, yeah. right? Jarrell Casey retires, and, and and you've you've got some holes. So what does that mean? More to the offense. Bring on Tannehill. Bring on A.J. Brown.
3: Yeah, I know what the defense is. That's why I'm also high on A.J. Brown. There you so go. that's <laughs> to your point. The two different things mean the uh, exact same thing. Well, because I got four
4: to... games between Jacksonville and Houston, though. Right? <laughs> so that those are games where maybe the offensive expectations get tampered down, and it's more Derrick Henry.
3: <laughs> no, that's it's very, very fair. This is going to be the time where I am going to take Jonathan Taylor off the board and I'm going to put him at number 18. This is the reason why I think he fell, and I'm going to analyze my own pick here, but it's why I didn't take him earlier as well. I think that the Colts kind of liked how last year played out, and now you have a backfield, Mike, with Marlon Mack coming back. You know, you're trying to incorporate Carson Wentz, but you also have Naheem Hines there who played a significant role. I don't think they want to wear... Jonathan Taylor out in the first eight games of the season. I think that you're going to see, again, his workload increase as the season goes on, but in fantasy, when you're talking about a 14- or 15-week regular season, depending on how long your league goes, if you're Running back is kind of being limited in the first half of the season because of maybe a push that they want to make. I don't think that's necessarily a good thing, and so I don't. I don't think that the Colts are going to run Jonathan Taylor into the ground with with the backs that they have. I think later on in the season he can really pay off, but that's why I held off in taking him.
4: Well, the other things that you have to consider, right? You, you mentioned Carson Wentz. You got Quentin Nelson. Is he mm-hmm. going to be right? Right. That offensive line is top three at worst top five, if they're right and ready to go. But if Nelson's not there, then the whole offense starts to not, not crumble, but that, that's a big part of what they do. And Taylor, I think to your point is very much that the return of the Mac, we could sing the return of the Mac return. of the, Oh no, I have to pay somebody if I do that. So we won't do that. Uh, but the, the idea that you do have him back, right? Is that you've got three capable running backs and Yeah, you're trying to push through because you're looking at the division and on paper, right? And we always have to play the games. That's the beauty of it. But on paper, two of your teams are fighting not to be last as -hmm. much as people may try to hype Jacksonville. Are you expecting a ton of wins to follow? Probably not. Uh, and Houston is one of the great enigmas. On uh, again, we all expect them to stink, and then they go and beat your team, and all hell breaks loose. Yeah,
3: I, I think that I think the Texans are going to be good for for a few wins. They're 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 not the organization is awful, but the the roster, and we may pay you know poke holes in it, but. There's a lot of veteran guys that I think that, you know, will have pride and be able to play. But the other thing is, is I can't wait for Jonathan Taylor to have 35 carries in week one against Seattle and completely prove me wrong, you know, and just rub it in my entire <laughs> face by saying they're not going to use him early. But that's what I expect. But that it's actually why I think that and I think he'll be a top five back in the second half of the season season. Uh, because just of of who the Colts are and as they get rolling. But I just think early on it's going to be a little bit not more by committee. I just don't think they want to run him into the ground. Mm
6: -hmm. All right, you guys, we let him slip. And I think it would be criminal to let him fall any further. I've seen guys get ecstatic to get him in the top 10. And I've seen people bummed that they feel like they need to pick him uh, from 10 to 20. And that's where I'm at right now, picking Saquon Barkley coming back from his injury. Uh, but he's going to give you a floor. You're going to get at least 1,000 yards with him. You're probably going to get close to 10 touchdowns, and he still, still can catch out of the backfield, so he's going to be much uh, necessary in a PPR league. You, you can't let Barkley fall any further than this, as much as I'd love to reach for uh, a, a wide receiver. That really grabs my eye, or even another position. i got to go Saquon Barkley.
4: Dan, mm. would you like to, to go to Saquon?
3: I I know your thoughts on Saquon. I'll just say this. I did a draft uh, within the last 48 hours, and I know that Saquon is trending towards possibly playing in week one, but I took Joe Mixon ahead of Saquon Barkley.
4: But that's where we're at with the running back position, right? We got guys coming back from big injuries behind suspect offensive line, and I think we can all agree we like the long-term prospects of Joe Burrow greater than that of Daniel Jones. I'm not ready to bury Daniel Jones yet, but the fumbling has to stop. But the point is that there, as much as you may say, all right, I like the skill position guys, probably C- Cincinnati's better than than New York's, the, the same question goes is, all right, if that line's no good, mm-hmm. is this working? And both guys are going to be dump-off artists, so the potential is there in PPR leagues maybe to rack some things up. But the Barkley cat-and-mouse game, just leads me, or uh, rope a dope works to a point, and then there's the other where you're you're telling me that you don't think he's ready, right? Unless some miracle sure. the last two weeks he's ramped up to he's ready to go. But when he's picking his, I mean, unless he's just a great master thespian and he's uh, it's all a, a big rope a dope, it's just one that uh, I fear. Like like Lee says, I mean, there if he if he's sound, yeah, the ceiling is the roof right we saw it a couple of years ago with a really bad team and putting up crazy numbers to where it was him and christian mccaffrey up at the top of the league far ahead of any other performer so it's there it's just not a bet i'm willing to take but lee being the betting man he is he was all over it
3: well and 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 honestly i think that there were i think that there were two or three names that maybe were worth going before he was finally going to be off the board.
4: Well, let's see if I pick one of them now, shall we? (laughs) Number 20. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my! Look at that! He is! And you
0: will not believe where he's going next.
3: This is our halfway point point.
4: and this is where I get get a little bit uh well a little bit freaky with folks and again uh, injury history, but he's been able to push that off a little bit and it's no uh favor to anybody that I work with here uh, at the network that may or may not work with this team, but stats for days if he's healthy and this offense is humming Keenan Allen's putting up numbers
3: hmm interesting. I, th- I think the receptions are, you know, obviously going to be there. I He was not one of the three that I thought that you would take. Okay. Because the guy that I actually thought you were going to take is the guy that I'm going to take at 21. But before I do that, I would just want to recap our top 20. There we go. Top 20 guys Halfway that we have home. drafted. Yes. Christian McCaffrey won, followed by Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Stefan Diggs went five. Then it was Travis Kelsey, Ezekiel Elliott, Austin Eckler, Devontae Adams, and Tyree Kill rounded out the top ten. Then at 11, it was Aaron Jones, Calvin Ridley, Nick Chubb, Antonio Gibson, DeAndre Hopkins, Darren Waller went 16th, followed by A.J. Brown, Jonathan Taylor, Saquon Barkley, and Keenan Allen. That puts me up at number 21. You mentioned this a little bit earlier on, what could happen in the locker room. Uh, I know there is such a thing as a sophomore slump. But I will go Justin Jefferson of the mm-hmm, Minnesota hell. Vikings. So, Justin Jefferson, one of the three names. There was another wide receiver that I thought I could take and and maybe even another running back. But Justin Jefferson would be the guy that I would take. If this board fell with 20 players, I'd be happy to get Justin Jefferson. At
4: Certainly a potential monster. And you might actually be wearing the jersey of the other wide receiver you're talking about. <laughs>
3: we'll, we'll see maybe? if he's available when I pick again in, there what, three more picks. There you go. I love Justin Jefferson,
6: again, uh, one of those players who could single-handedly win a week for you, so I was eyeing him, hopefully, for this pick, uh, which is why I'm going to change up uh, the pacing here a little bit, you guys. I'm going to go with the first QB off the board. I'm going to go with... I'm actually humming and, hemming and hawing about this one right now. I'm going to go with Patrick Mahomes. Uh, again, somebody who when they're on they could win it for you. I love a lot of the wide receivers and the next tier that we're about to break into, but they just aren't going to be the guys that I feel great about. I mean, they're they're set, they're you know, they're set and forget it guys, but uh when you get one of the top one or two players at their position, you you jump at it. That's why I'm going Patrick Mahomes to get that started. Always want to
4: find yourself some elite company and it's funny because I I was looking to zag so now it's not original so screw you Lee uh cuz again the wide receivers look there's there's one more tight end that hasn't been picked but it's like do you trust the health side of it and I've got to go there like I've got to look at George Kittle and I'll take him here at 22 uh, looking at where that separation occurs, right? There's a couple of guys on the tight end list that maybe you feel are going to have a breakthrough. Otherwise, it's really touchdown dependent, right? We go back to last year, you know, Lee's guy, Robert Tanyan, that we talked about, uh, Tanyan, Tanyan, right? Like Funyan, yep. uh, that we go all the way through, that, with, but for his touchdown, he had like no value. And it, yeah. you can't just caveat it out and say, oh, well, that, they don't matter. But we're talking about bunching them up. And will they have the same bunch? And if Randall Cobb is is active, does he screw him, screw him over with, you know, those short little in-routes like he used to run back in the day? You know, that opportunity, you know, for, for Tunyon uh, potentially starts slipping away a little bit. So uh, to that end, I look at Kittle coming back healthy whether it's garoppolo or eventually trey lance if that happens or the combination of two you know shanahan saying "Ooh, we know but i don't have to tell you uh uh and all that fun which is great but you got speed for days on the outside uh but i'm always fearful like once the hamstrings go once Uh, I start wringing my hands that maybe those speedster uh, get hit again. But this is a team that's set up to win. And again, going to Lee's point that he's made a couple of times here about where you can find the elite at the position, I just think the drop-off after him when we already have Kelsey and Waller off the board is stark.
3: I did not expect the tight ends to be gone by 23. And I also honestly didn't expect a quarterback to be taken in the top 30. So these last two picks have thrown me for a bit of a curveball, And I mentioned the draft that I had recently did. And I'm not talking about my own fantasy team. I'm just talking to you about a thought process. Yeah. So the other night I had a draft. And as I told you guys, I took Joe Mixon over Saquon Barkley. It also means that it took Joe Mixon over the guy I'm about to pick. But the reason that I took Joe Mixon is because, again, I'm filling out a roster. What we are doing here is telling you who we think are the top 40 guys uh, in fantasy or who they would be if we were drafting those top 40 guys. I'm going DK Metcalf here at number 24. And then the scenario where I passed him up was, again, only four positions. But the reason why I like him here is just something dawned on me with the Seahawks. And in in following this team, new offensive coordinator, new run game coordinator, there's going to be a lot of change there. But the only constant that we've really seen is Russell Wilson's going to be there And DK Metcalf's going to be there And Tyler Lockett's going to be there And in our wide receiver preview We talked about Tyler Lockett Very boom or bust But Russell Wilson's going to get his And he's going to have to throw him to somebody And DK Metcalf's going to be the guy to get it This is a team that's carrying four wide receivers Likely into the regular season One of those guys being a rookie Who didn't even play until the final preseason game And D. Eskridge, who is their second round pick So you have to say, who's Russell Wilson Going to be comfortable with I think that DK Metcalf uh, is going to be be that guy Tyler Lockett again more of the boomer bust but give me DK Metcalf at 24
4: oh I like the pick and uh I wish I could have bet somebody like there was an offshore pick uh because I, I thought that was going to come there Dan but no he's a he's a potential beast and as you know the narrative is oh they're going to run it's like no they're not <laughs> they're going to try but it's still gonna be Russ, and it's still here's, gonna be Here's points. my
3: question to Lee. Okay, yeah. If you knew the two picks following Mahomes, would you rather have taken who you're picking at 25 uh, at 22, and then leave Mahomes later, or did you think like Mahomes was going to be off the board that you wanted to take him?
6: The way you phrase the question, uh, I could answer it a few ways. I, knowing if it were Kittle and Metcalf, I probably would have actually gone with maybe DK Metcalf, thinking I could get. Josh Allen on the back end okay sure. um, but I, I still stick with my guns that I liked Mahomes because of him being a top tier elite number one guy and DK Metcalf and George Kittle being just behind that those top tier guys in fact DK Metcalf is probably the end of my tier of rankings in that second tier wide receiver so I would have been happy if he had fallen to me here. So that's why on this pick, I'm actually going to go with a running back, and there's three I'm eyeing. Um, we've talked a lot, a lot about Joe Mixon, and if you know my teams, you know I love some Joe Mixon. He's been a keeper for me in uh, several of my leagues. But I'm actually going to swing for the fences and go Najee Harris, Boom. Uh, purely for the fact that I could see him exploding even in a rookie campaign. Even if the Steelers decide to keep it uh, pass heavy, I think that works in his benefit, and he's you know supposedly a very good I've, I Actually, we've seen it in the preseason, he's very good out of the backfield, and of course in his uh, collegiate career. So I like his upside as much as I like the uh, stability with both Joe Mixon and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire.
4: I dig a dig the Harris pick uh the rebuilt offensive line I contended la- last year the basically ran uh longer run plays that most of the past game with Ben Roethlisberger was not hey we're, yeah. this is all we can do this is no we don't have a runner that we trust which means let's get the ball in our receiver's hands and see if we can create some yak yep. so i'm expecting the opportunities downfield but Harris behind a rebuilt offensive line yeah i'm excited about that
3: I I actually have a piece of paper in front of me breaking down all three of the Steelers' wide receiver numbers last year and Ben Roethlisberger's numbers for the exact point that you made, Mike. Ben Roethlisberger threw the ball 608 times last year. He was tied for the second most of his career. And the other time that he threw for 608 times was in a 16 – when he played 16 games. He only played 15 last year. So it shows you how much they threw the football. And when you see uh, Deontay Johnson and Juju Smith-Schuster combined for 272 targets – Many of those within the, you know, five or 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think some of those are going to be going away, which is why I, want, I, I almost think that Claypool gets a bit of a boost because um, I think that maybe Juju and Deontay Johnson could have their numbers affected, or maybe just one of the two, but it's just tough to pick in Pittsburgh.
4: No, and, that, and that's the thing. It, picking between the three uh, is going to be a curiosity, right? Who becomes the, the apple of Ben's eye? But just from a philosophical, we know the Steelers as a – franchise and this goes back long before Tomlin was there it's play defense and run the football hmm. so if you go and draft a guy where legitimately he can be the workhorse of 20 to 25 touches and Ben gets to pick his spots and you have a threat like they didn't have a year ago you know and I've always respected the work of James Conner they they just did not have a run game and their offensive line crumbled Like I don't know that you've ever been able to watch It's like a timeline watching a Marvel movie Oh no, they lost another one of their guys Oh no, another (laughs) one fell This is the last man And that was it Like when Ben Roethlisberger's on the sideline crying with Pouncey, I mean, that's it. That's the end of an era, and now you're rebuilding and going into an uncertain future, but with hope that you can get back to what your identity is and what Mike Tomlin wants to be. All right, with Harris off the board, this is where I go back and I grab my number 1 quarterback. Lee mentioned him. Uh, Josh Allen. The man crush has been there long before the 69% completion rate. The arrival of Stefan Diggs obviously helps. Uh, Jordan Palmer making a ton of money uh, off of the improvement uh, of Josh Allen a year ago. But uh, I'm expecting more out of the backfield. Guys that aren't going to make the top 40. But Moss and Singletary, I think, take a step forward. And, you know, some veteran presence in that receiving core, I think, is going to help. And so I'm looking at Josh Allen still tucking the ball and running a bunch, handling a lot of his own mail at the goal line. So he's the next pick for me coming in at, what, number 26
3: yeah number 27 I'm just gonna make this quick because we've talked about him a couple of times in passing Joe Mixon I'll take Mixon off the board drop that 27 Um there's another running back that that I like there, but I think Mixon's got to be the pick. All right, Lee, you're up at 28.
6: I think I know that running back you're you eyeing, and I actually picked him in a draft last night. And you know what? I'm not happy that he's my number one pick. So I'm gonna jump him because you know, I know I know how we're doing this uh, this particular draft, and we're not filling out a roster. But I look at my list, and I only have one wide receiver being Tyreek Hill. And there's a guy I'm really bullish on. It's Allen Robinson. He falls in almost every draft I've looked at. He's the uh, he's a big target. He's gonna get he's gonna get you uh, all the targets you're, you're looking for this year. And he could only be go better. He could only go up. Right? It's got to be better than Trubisky. So I actually like Allen Robinson here.
4: There's no uh, besmirching Trubisky's name on this podcast. <laughs> it's part of the agreement you signed before season two began. There'll, uh,
3: <laughs> there'll be a long beep on the podcast. That's what it just, it's all.
4: <laughs> yeah, I mean, Allen Robinson isn't isn't a sexy pick. Right. Right. I mean he's he's not the to the same level of guys we've we've been talking about, right? When we look at Justin Jefferson, we look at a DK Metcalf, guys that have come off the board recently. But you look at consistency, they'll make he'll make plays, he he does, he's a good box out, wide out, and I think once we get the inevitable changeover to Justin Fields, whenever that happens uh, through injury or ineffectiveness or the Matt Nagy, I need to save my job now, uh, break glass in case of emergency happens, uh, that we're looking at more Darnell Mooney, more Cole Komet, and uh, a stretch of this offense. And don't forget, Damian Williams and Tariq Cohen are going to be back for this squad, right? Damian Williams, after opting out last year and then coming over from the Chiefs and then Cohen's on the pup list, you know, you're going to be able to m- stretch things a little bit. So Robinson, in theory with fields buying time should be able to have one-on-one coverage should be able to have some of those opportunities that other receivers get why because they have compliments
3: all right mike you're up at number 29
4: all right going to number 29 it's looking at the board and all the fun stuff that's still there uh, i think lee mentioned him and i think you did dan in passing uh ceh let me yes. go back to him. Big year last year, um, not not the monster season. I think that we anticipated coming out of week one, right? Ah, oh, we're giddy, uh, but we look at retooled offensive line again. We'll see. But with those skill position players, he's a guy that is going to have some monster games. Uh, look, I, I fear the smallish ones too, right? That Mahomes just gets to throw it around the yard against some bad defenses uh, to you know negate some of what. Edwards-Alaire could be, but I think at this point in the draft, if I'm getting him 29 overall, I'm feeling pretty good.
3: I love looking at places where you uh, upgrade a quarterback, and I know people are torn on whether it's Fitzpatrick or Fitzmagic, but the way that Washington operates – it's got to be a boost for the receiving core. I'm going Terry McLaurin at number 30. There you go. Uh, 134 targets a year ago. Didn't get in the end zone a bunch, but I think that is going to change with, uh, with uh, Fitzpatrick uh, at the helm. I think Terry McLaurin is a guy who uh, could be in the neighborhood of 100 catches, uh, was uh, in the high 80s last year. Give me Terry McLaurin at 30.
4: Just figure out a way to keep Curtis Samuel healthy. And yeah, that can, that's difficult
3: to do. No, that's I know. Diff- but but yeah. just
4: in theory, when we start looking at that squad, because Logan Thomas, I mean, there and we talked about Gibson before. Uh, there's other guys that uh, will help McLaurin get some, uh, I think, some more quality opportunities. And sure. as we know, Fitzpatrick at this point in his career, he's got no conscience. The ball's <laughs> going up.
3: And I think he's less likely to dump off to J.D. McKissick.
6: This, smile, this, you is know, true. who had 80 yeah. catches
3: last year, so they have to go somewhere. So give me, give him to the Terry McLaurin at 30.
6: I love it when it happens in drafts where somebody actually picks somebody like a Terry McLaurin in front of me that I know is a good pick. You make all the all the rational uh, reasonings for it. I would have picked them, but I really didn't want to because I wanted a sexier pick like Ceedee Lamb. Um, somebody who you know, again, we talked mm-hmm. reminds you of your Justin Jefferson. He's going into his sophomore year, and you're hoping it's not a sophomore slump. Everyone is high on CD more so than Amari Cooper, which I still am a big Amari Cooper fan. Um, but I'm going to be happy to pick CD Lamb uh, falling to this spot. S- solid. We talked about the Cowboys ad nauseum
4: before. A lot of it's just, uh, are you keeping four upright? Right. What's that shoulder? What's the the ankle? Again, I remind you, don't watch the first five minutes of Hard Knocks this season if you're the least bit squeamish because you're just going to shake your head going, eh, what is that? Uh, <laughs> and, and move forward. Uh, this is where it gets, like, we're starting to get to that next tier of wide receivers where it's like, I like him, I don't love him, uh, you know, this way the ball spread around and the offense and everything else, and then the next running back that would be on the board uh, in conventional terms is a guy that I, I just I don't need shares and I just am fearful of him uh, so you know what I'm going uh, boomer bust and I'm looking down Tampa way in that workload split and the madness that could be but looking for touchdown upside for Mike Evans hmm And it's not one I'm excited about. (laughs) Again, no, but but we mentioned Amari Cooper. You can look across the way uh, at Chris Godwin. you got Antonio Brown. You've got 97 guys in the backfield. you got Rob Gronkowski. So it's it's tough, and it's going to be an ebb and a flow kind of situation. And so that's the hard part. But as we're doing this draft, part of it is, well, you're looking at what's the aggregate. Right. And mm-hmm. in the aggregate, I think the numbers still get there, even though I'm going to want to throw my TV out the window like I'm a mid 70s rock star, you know, at some random hotel on the Sunset Strip here in <laughs> Los Angeles uh, with Mike Evans performances. Right. Four targets, two catches, three yards and a, two touchdowns. You know, those kind of scenarios. <laughs>
3: I we've talked so much about Mike Evans, the highs and lows <laughs> yeah but but I, I I would rather have him over Godwin. I would I will I will just say that and I am not going to take Godwin at 20 or 33 now that Mike Evans is off the board. There are a couple of different ways that I thought I could go with this and I just am I'm not sold on on any of them so I'm just gonna go with a guy that I think got a boost uh, with uh, the injury to JK Dobbins. But it's not Gus Edwards. I'm gonna go quarterback and I'm gonna go Lamar Jackson. Wow. I, I think Ooh. that his now running role is that much bigger with that team. And I think that his value has changed from even talking about him a month ago. So give me Lamar Jackson at number 33 for Boomer Bust.
6: Interesting. Uh interesting pick there. I'm actually kind of having the same reasoning for my next pick with only a few left. Uh looking at upside. And a guy who gave me nightmares last year because I didn't have him on any of my teams, I wasn't smart enough to get him off the waiver wire, was James Robinson. Um, it's hard to justify it over a lot of the guys that are in this in this category. There's a lot of wide receivers. There's still DeAndre Swift there. There's also David Montgomery, another guy who I'm high on. Mm-hmm. But James Robinson, even on a on a lackluster Jags team, I, I I think they could surprise a lot of people. And James Robinson, if he just delivers close to what he did last season at the end of last season you're going to be happy with him there so uh, i'll take james robinson i have to
4: assume the quarterbacking is better uh, Urban Meyer is a vexing guy. We've got a laundry list. I think I'm on to my third slide of just randomness uh, of what we've seen his offseason be, uh, going back to the what I thought was a smart move. Uh, I'll take the $300,000 fine if it gets us extra time on the practice field. But Robinson you know, is one of the man crushes from last year that carries over uh, now that Etienne is off the books. Uh, and he catches the ball out of the backfield, too. So uh, Trevor Lawrence is going to learn to dominate the ball off to his backs very fast uh, especially when he watches the tape of his last performance when he was hit on five straight dropbacks. backs Ouch. Ouch! Ouch! <laughs> and that's what I felt every yeah. time I watched him. All right, you talked about the wide receivers. You mentioned uh, DeAndre Swift. Uh, one of you is going to have to pick him because I ain't. Because uh, <laughs> I like the second back there in Detroit more. But uh, that's for you know larger analysis uh, to come. The wide receivers don't thrill me uh at this tier there's a lot of uh the same is the problem so uh even though i've already drafted a quarterback i go back and draft another one because he's going to keep running for his life because his run game sucks uh see that analysis how you like that uh kyler murray
3: that's uh, You know, there, there, are, there are a couple of running backs that I think that that, uh, that I've considered at this spot, and DeAndre Swift is one of them. I do worry. I love DeAndre Swift. When we did our season ender last year, we, were, we did our top 20. You, I think, took James Robinson in the top 10 because of, of what he was coming off and what could mm-hmm. be. And I think I had Swift in the top 20. Yep. And things change in the offseason, and obviously uh, there's there, you find out more information. The problem that I find with DeAndre Swift is I just don't hear good news out of Detroit. I don't hear anybody say, like, yeah, I really like what the Lions are putting together. What I hear is they're still a ways away. Dan Campbell can maybe turn this around, but they're still a ways away. And I know fantasy points on an 0-17 team are the same as a 17-0 team. I just I just worry about that situation, and I think DeAndre Swift could maybe end up losing you a week if the Lions are as bad as some people say. So I'm going to just try to play it safe here, and I'm going to say David Montgomery at 36. Bears. I like All right, Lee, last four, here we go. I like that
6: Montgomery pick, but I'm happy that I'm going to get this guy who I have right in the same tier, but on a better offense. That's Chris Carson with the Seattle Seahawks. Hopefully, he gets the goal line touches, and uh,
3: yeah, he, he will. I just don't know if he's going to stay healthy for the entire season. That's, good that's just the only that's, that's 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 the biggest question I think you're going to get with Chris Carson.
6: And out of that tier, I'm happy I, I escaped with Chris Carson over DeAndre Swift. Thank you very much.
4: There you go. Uh, just to finish the Swift analysis, because I don't think he's getting picked here, unless he is. Uh, Jamal Williams is going to be a problem for him. hmm hmm And w- one thing we do know that is to his benefit is that Anthony Lynn is your offensive coordinator, and what does he do on first and second down? He runs the football. Predictably to a painful reality. Yeah. Uh, is De- Is that.
3: DeAndre Swift is one of the few guys actually last year that popped on tape. Yeah. And I know it sounds like a very scout sort of thing, but the lines just weren't good. But when he got the ball, good things happened. And so there's obvious value there, but I just think that there's troubles there. And then, as you said, Jamal Williams is there as well. So is he really going to be maximized for what he could be? I love DeAndre Swift as a player. I just absolutely, absolutely hate the situation that he's in in Detroit,
4: yeah, and and health is is a little bit of a concern. But look,
3: we're at yeah, the point he's where injured in training camp but a bit you know dinged up last year as well.
4: Yeah, that we have a lot of these guys that are either coming back off injuries. Like this is where drafts are going to be won or lost based on availability, uh, and and those third to fifth rounds. Know because we generally know who those top 24 are, and now it's and yes, you'll work the waiver wire, you'll hit or miss on some guys late, but this is where things can go awry really fast. And as much as I hate to do it, I go down the well of the Los Angeles Rams Mm -hmm. and I select Robert Woods with my final selection. And it it was a pick your poison because really, I could have gone the other way. When you look at Cooper Cup and what he could be, and it's putting a lot of faith in Matthew Stafford, which is uh, interesting, right? Obviously, mm-hmm. different expectations. A guy who's piled up a lot of numbers in his career, and then we have to get into the argument it, from a football standpoint of meaningful stats versus here. You lose Cam Akers. You, you have Daryl Henderson and Sony Michelle as your primary backs. Do you have enough balance? because right, the defense should be top tier right barring any injuries you're looking at a, a top five to seven defense on most boards. So for Matt Stafford like he's in that's rarefied error right I, I don't know that we've ranked the the Lions defense higher than 25th in uh, any time recently. Mm-hmm. It's just talking from you know expected explosive plays uh, but Robert Woods quietly goes out and puts out numbers. Right? He's not, not going to be flashy, maybe a little more love here in Los Angeles where we you know, are doing the podcast and work out of the Fox Sports Radio studios. Uh, so I'll take a shot because I know I'm getting past 4,000 yards for Stafford, so I'll buy some shares in one of his top targets.
3: Well, Mike, I want you to think of two guys that you wish you could have included in the 40, and I will as well. I've got my final pick. Lee, you've got the final pick, so we will will get to your number 40, but my number 39 is Miles Sanders. Uh, I know there's some question about the Philadelphia backfield. I'm sorry. He's just a better talent than Boston Scott. Uh, I I do worry about Jalen Hurts and uh, some goal line situations and Jordan Howard as well in in Philadelphia. But I just think that Sanders is too good to not give the football for a team that I'm not sure on who they're going to throw the ball to. Um, a lot of just a lot. Of, I know Devonte Smith, Jalen Rager are there, and Dallas Goddard's their tight end. But when Jalen Hurts is your quarterback, I just don't know how much throwing they're going to do. Give me Miles Sanders at thirty nine.
4: Well, just wait until Gardner Minshew's playing because Hurts can't get it done. <laughs> how about that? Know. No, I ranked Hurts uh, fifteenth on my quarterbacks, and I did so with a big blinking red asterisk next to sure. and that was before Minshew. Uh, was acquired via trade. Uh, so, but I do like Miles Sanders. I think the ex, the potential for big explosive players are there. Another guy that. You know, unfortunately, always has the red medical plus sign next to his name. Yeah,
3: Sorry. we got Lee's final, final pick, pick to wrap off our wrap up our top forty, and then Mike and I will give a couple of honorable mentions. Yeah, yeah. Not that we don't want your honorable mentions, Lee, but you get the extra pick in the draft, so that's your bonus. I'm going to sneak in some honorable mentions here in a sneak. No,
6: you way. won't. are already like well, I was going to pick like, this, this is, guy or that. This guy.
3: is our longest podcast ever. Yeah, all right, what is. do you got at forty?
6: All right, uh, lots of talent here at wide receiver, but I don't want sloppy. In LA with Cooper Cup hey or with Chris Godwin in Tampa Bay. I could go with DJ Moore, but I don't like that. And I, I just heard you there, Mike, going with Deontay Johnson, but I actually, I, Clay, you know, Claypool a few picks later. There's a great talent there with Josh. Make J- the pick, Lee. Jay- come on. <laughs> All right. I'm going to go with Kyle Pitts. Oh, there you go. Go shooting again, aiming for the fences. I'll go with the tight end in Atlanta to pick up those uh, receptions that are left behind by Julio Jones.
3: Wow. Shoot we should have kept shot. this at 39. That's what we should have uh, done. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Nah, realistically, I would have gone Josh Jacobs. <laughs> you should have gone Josh Jacobs. You don't want to fool the listener, Lee. You know, this. Uh, come on, Lee. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wants
6: a Raider. Get out of here.
3: (laughs) We took the top 40. We didn't do a jumping. We didn't say reach for this guy. I didn't say reach for Mike Williams. Come on. Well, I'm telling
6: you, when it comes to tiers, I would actually eye a tight end here instead of the bottom of 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 your tier, just like I wouldn't go with one of these wide receivers as much as the talent
3: is there. You're in a 40-team league right now, okay? So you have nobody on your roster. You are choosing Josh Jacobs or Kyle Pitts. Josh, who are you picking? Okay, there it is. Josh Jacobs is your pick at number 40. Sorry, we have to we have to we have to, you know, carry our clout a little bit. We don't want to confuse the listener. Josh Jacobs ends up being our Mr. Irrelevant. (laughs) I'm taking that Kyle Pitts is probably Lee's honorable mention. He loves Kyle Pitts. Yeah. Do do you have any honorable mentions that you you wanted to pick in the top 40, but maybe just didn't have the picks to do it?
4: Uh, I look at DJ Moore. Mm -hmm. in carolina would be the i think the first and i started to talk about deontay johnson there's just there's just something about that early connection and again it's a pick your poison in pittsburgh because they're all going to get fed and the numbers are going to look really similar at the end of the year uh so if you go down that highway uh just be prepared to be uh, standing hitchhiking uh every now and again
3: here are my quick two miles gaskin Okay. I actually think he's going to emerge in Miami. I think that he emerged last season somewhat. I think I, I think Miles Gaskin's the guy in Miami. And because of an injury that we saw this past uh, uh, week, Irv Smith Jr. being out for Minnesota, I think makes Adam Thielen even more of the red zone target for Minnesota. And that's what carried Thielen last year mm-hmm. was how many touchdowns he had. And now Irv Smith is not there. Uh, Kyle Rudolph's in New York. So I think Adam Thielen's value actually increases because of how Kirk Cousins, trust him in the red zone.
4: I really was hoping you were going to say Chris Herndon in the fourth, just so we can get him <laughs> right. in as a deep, deep sleeper one more said, year.
3: I should have said Steve Jordan, you know, <laughs> Cam Jordan's dad, the old Vikings uh, done. Pro Bowl tight end. All right, there's our top 50. Lee, great freaking job. I know I busted your chops at the end, but uh, it was fun to have you along. This is uh, we wanted to break down the top 40, just top 40 players. Hopefully, that provides you some fun some an- analysis, and when you do your draft you can remember the things that that we said mike the next time that we talk there's going to be a game in the books buccaneers cowboys opening up the season on thursday night september 9th is there any play that you like or don't like in our season opening kickoff game
4: well i, I think i'm going to load up when we took talk about the champions there's there's no hangover right we had the big uh announcement from the team hey we're hundred percent vaxxed we're all in and ready to go to defend our title so when we look at tom brady yeah he's going to be a play for you off the jump against the dallas defense dan quinn's not fixing everything overnight Right, I think there's going to be some games over time that make some plays. Look, they're going to blitz the hell out of him. I think uh, trying to get Micah Parsons off and and get him towards that defensive rookie of the year, right? Because they need playmaking. Uh, A big loss there, but uh, we talked. I picked Evans in our top 40, so I'll grab him. And then out of the backfield, give me a little little share, like a flex share out of Ronald Jones, Uh, Gronkowski back end number one tight end depending on situation for the Dallas side. Obviously, you're starting Ezekiel Elliott, C.D. Lamb, Amari Cooper, all they they fit in as WR2s. Uh, and then it's just a question of how high WR2s they are, because uh, I'm wringing my hands over what I may or may not see from Dak Prescott, and I can't play him week one against that D, not knowing yeah. how sound he is. I can't.
3: Yeah. I agree with that. I, I... <laughs> Just it's the unknown. And there are other options out there that you know more about. There's your week one game one prediction. I know you've said we celebrate all 256, Mike. But now what? We're adding another what? Sixteen. Two
4: seventy-two, so baby. It's 272.
3: Let's go! How about that? That's what we've got for the twenty twenty-one season. Hey, if you want to heckle Lee Delap for his fortieth overall pick in our in our draft, feel free to do so. Get him on Twitter at Lee lap. Just kidding, Lee one of the greatest producers out there and it's why we have him on this podcast but that's where you can get him you can get Mike on Twitter at Swollen Dome and you can find me Dan Byer on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox it's a little different a little fun can't wait for an exciting 2021 NFL season and when we talk to you next time we will be talking about all of the matchups in week one except for the Foxy and Cowboys as Mike just gave you the info yeah it's going to be here fast can't wait to do it we will talk to you then be well